Say this out loud and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word, I believe His word, and I live by His word. Christ is my master, and to Him I am an absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. And we'll just follow Jesus along in his earthly life, the first 30 years of his life. What happened? And look at the transitions that happened uh, in his life. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, There is he who has been born king of the Jews. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. We'll skip a few verses, go down to verse 5. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written. I want to emphasize that. For thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And the point I want to focus on or highlight here is that his birth in Bethlehem was according to the word of the Lord. For thus it is written. It was foretold. It was a prophetic word. This is what will happen. And then you skip down a couple of verses. We will go down to verse 12. It's talking about the same wise men. It tells us, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod. Now look at that same phrase. That it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem according to the word of the Lord. The next thing we see is the angel appears to Joseph and says, Hey guys, pack up, get on to Indigo. Not yet. Get on Indigo, head out to Egypt. Get to Egypt quick, because Herod's out to kill all the babies in the land. So they journey all the way down south from Bethlehem, all long journey, all the way south to Egypt. And they remain there. And the point I want you to focus on again is it says that it might be fulfilled. Be there. Because it's the word of the Lord. Be in Egypt. And the word that was spoken out of Egypt, I have called my son. That word was fulfilled. So Jesus was in Egypt with his, uh, Joseph and Mary. They were there in Egypt for some time. 
perhaps a few years. And then what was the next transition? If you go with me to verse 19. Now when Herod was dead. So a couple of years had elapsed. King Herod died. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. Now go back to Israel. Go back to Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled. Again, that same phrase, that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So now, after they spent a couple of years in Egypt, The word of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream saying, get back to Israel, get into the district of Galilee. When you get into Galilee, go settle in the town called Nazareth. And so there's another transition. They go into Nazareth, settle down there. Jesus spent much of his growing up life right there in Nazareth. And again, it was according to the word of the Lord. He will be called a Nazarene. That it might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. So now if Jesus grows up in Nazareth, probably the better part of his life, you know, till the age of 30, he was there in Nazareth doing what he had to do, just growing up as a normal young boy with his parents. And uh, when he reached about age of 30, then came another transition point. He went, he went out of Nazareth. He journeyed all the way down to the banks of the River Jordan, south of Nazareth. To be baptized by John, John the Baptist. Then, right after his baptism, he went to spend 40 days in the wilderness, the hills alongside the river Jordan. He spent 40 days there fasting and praying in the wilderness there. And after that, he moves into Capernaum, south of Nazareth. Moves into Capernaum and he launches his ministry from Capernaum. Read about this in Matthew chapter 4. We'll read from verse 12, Matthew 4. Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. This was after the baptism and the 40 days in the wilderness. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken, again the phrase, that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began, that means he launched his ministry, began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that was three and a half years of ministry, and then he completed his work. So, you look at the life of Jesus and you find transition moments. The point I want us to capture here is that every transition moment has to be guided by two things. What do we see here? Every transition moment in his life was guided by a word from God and the timing of God. This is what guided the transition moments in his life. He was born in Bethlehem. And the Bible says he fulfilled the word of the Lord. 
Then God spoke and said, get down to Egypt. So a word from the Lord came. Go to Egypt. He moved to, the whole family moved to Egypt. And they said, stay here until. Don't go sightsee Egypt and come back. No point. You'll get, still, still get killed. The baby will still get killed. So go to Egypt, but remain there until. The timing is important. Until, 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 until. Don't move out of Egypt until. I tell you next what to do. So they stayed there in Egypt and then the Lord spoke again. Said, okay, now go back to your native. Go back to your home country. Move back to Israel. So they relocated now back to Israel. Journeyed into Galilee and settled in Nazareth. Again, they fulfilled the word from the Lord. And Jesus remained in Nazareth until what? The time came for him to launch his ministry. Until. Stay in your place until there's a word from God and the timing of God. And then he moves to Capernaum. Makes it his ministry base. Why not Nazareth? I don't know. Why not Bethlehem? I don't know. But Capernaum is the place. That's going to be the base from which you will launch your ministry. And again, it says, He did it that it might be fulfilled. There was a fulfillment of the word of the Lord. And all took place in the time of God. So the message I want us to capture is this. That God will orchestrate transition moments in our lives. There are transition moments for all of us. You know, some things just happen. And we don't even bother to pray about it. You were born in uh, Chennai, grew up in Bangalore, got married in Bombay, settled in New York. Transitions in life. But then, you know, that's just, this is just a normal cause of things happen that way. But when you're walking with God, these transition moments are no longer things that you allow to happen arbitrarily in your life. Every transition for you now becomes a serious thing. Because you intend to fulfill the plan and purpose of God for your life. Amen. So what must guide the transitions in our lives? A word from God and the timing of God. Chumma, don't get up and go. Don't do that. Seek the Lord for a word from God and the timing of God. This must guide. Transition moments. The other thing I want you to notice is that sometimes God speaks well in advance. He gives the word ahead of the timing. In fact, for all of these four transitions, aside from the now word, the word, the prophetic word was given hundreds of years years in advance. The prophetic word was spoken in advance, but Jesus moved at the timing of God. So also for many of us, God normally would speak well in advance, but you still have to follow His timing. Why does God speak in advance? To get us ready. So some of you sitting here, in your heart, a dream is just churning and burning inside you. Oh, you know, I've got to do this for the kingdom of God or whatever. You know, I've got to start this business and make all these millions of dollars and get it out of the hands of those corrupt people. Put it in church, you know, whatever. And you've got this dream stirring inside you. You've got a destiny, the call of destiny is ringing loud and clear inside you. I mean, you, you go to sleep and you're in la-la land and you see yourself, 
you know, doing all these amazing things. And the call of God, that's the destiny of God being stirred up in you. That, those dreams are real. They are from God. That is God speaking to you. That is the word of the Lord. But you must understand, God speaks in advance to prepare you. There's another thing you've got to wait for. It's the timing of the Lord. Many times we get into problems because... Although God is truly calling us, God is truly speaking to us, we get ahead of God. I mean, imagine what would have happened if Mary and Joseph took Jesus to Egypt. They went around Egypt and wow, this is pretty nice. We went on the cruise on the Nile. Uh, we played by the river, uh, riverside. We, you know, we saw all those wonderful things there. Yeah. Time up. Excursion over. Let's go back. And if they had headed back to Bethlehem, his life would have been at risk. So it's not enough to hear from God. You must move in the timing of God. And normally, God speaks well ahead of time in order to prepare us. So God might be speaking to you right now. But doesn't mean it's time to move. It's just time for you to soak that word in, clarify what God wants you to do, and get ready for it. You know, when I was 14 years of age, I had dreams of raising up a strong church in the city of Bangalore, going across the length and breadth of this nation, raising up churches and uh, bringing many people to the Lord. At the age of 14, I would dream. And I sleep in the afternoon, dreaming all this preaching in big meetings, raising up churches. And And that was in my heart. But that was not the time. I thought that was the time. I'll tell you, I did stupid things. And I finished my 10th standard. I said, I'm all ready for the world. The world's ready for me. I'm not going to study anymore. My dad had a hard time. Why? Because I, I, the, the dream was from God, but I didn't know. Nobody told me in those days there was something called the timing of God. I was so stirred up about this dream, I thought I had to do it right now. I didn't know. You have to wait for the timing. And God normally speaks well in advance. So although those dreams were truly from God, I had to wait and wait a long time. And along the journey, God clarified so many other things. Amen? So every transition moment in life must be guided by a word from God and God normally speaks ahead of time. So don't confuse the speaking of God with the timing of God. Just because you're speaking now doesn't mean you do it now. You need to clarify both. The next thing I want us to see, observe in the journey of Jesus and, his, and surrounding the, the birth of Christ and his life here on earth was Egypt. He was born in Bethlehem. And right after that, God speaks and says, take the baby to Egypt. Stay in Egypt. Everybody say, stay in Egypt. So the angel says, stay in Egypt until, this is in, we're just looking back, this is chapter 2 and verse 13. Stay there until I bring you word. Meaning, don't move, go to Egypt, remain there till I come back and tell you what to do next and when to do it. Go to Egypt. Now, in normal Bible understanding, for all of us, Egypt is a place of bondage and slavery. It's a bad place. You don't want to go to Egypt. 
For all of us, in our normal thinking, when we hear of Egypt, we only think about the Jewish who were mistreated, the Jews who were mistreated in Egypt. And for us, Egypt is a place of bondage and slavery. But I want us to expand our understanding of Egypt today, because really, Egypt is not that bad of a place. And if you'll follow through in the Bible and look at how God used Egypt, here's what you'll find. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham and he says, leave your own country. Get out of your father's home. The Ur of the Chaldees. Now, Abraham was the most unlikely person that God should choose to make as a father of our faith. I mean, he, he was born into a family of idolaters. They worshipped the moon gods. And they made idols. To worship the moon god. That's what these people did in the earth of the Chaldees. And Abraham was one of them. He's growing up among them. And God calls this idol worshiper, idol manufacturer, and says, Come, I want you to take you to a promise. I want to make you the father of a great nation. I'm going to give you a land of promise. Journey with me. So Abraham, by faith, begins his journey with God to his destiny, just like you and me. But what you notice in chapter 12 of Genesis is that as he's journeying along to this land of promise, suddenly, the Bible says, there was great famine in the land. And so, Abraham turns, he goes into Egypt, the breadbasket of the world, and he and his family settle in Egypt for some time. Not a bad place. Then when the famine was over, they get back on track. And journey on to their destiny. Egypt. Think about Joseph. God speaks to Joseph. Joseph in dreams. And he says, Joseph, this is your destiny. The sun, the moon, the eleven stars are going to fall and bow before you and worship you. All these other eleven sheaves of corn are going to bow before your corn. And they're going to bow before you. This is your destiny. I've got something great for you. The next thing you know, he finds himself in. Egypt. And you must be wondering, God, whatever happened to those dreams? Lord, what's happening here? But as time progresses, God is getting him ready, setting him up. In Egypt, he rises up and he sees his dream fulfilled. In Egypt. Think about the Jewish people. They come into Egypt. Jacob and his sons and descendants, sons there at that time. They move into Egypt, just a small tribe. And God's design for them is to grow into a great nation of three million people. Where does it happen? In Egypt. And why Egypt? Because if this tribe was left by itself somewhere else, some other bigger tribes and stronger tribes would have come and killed them. But here in Egypt, with no insurance, no premium payments, none of that, they are safeguarded. By a nation stronger and bigger than them. And then all the other nations. Egypt. And they are basically nurtured in Egypt. To grow from a small tribe into a big nation. Now some of us say well they were were mistreated. That was only at the very end. But they had a good life for about 400 years. In Egypt. They were highly honored. When they came into Egypt. Whoa. This is Joseph's dad. This is Joseph's brother. Come, come. Royal treatment. Given their own special area. They were well treated. 
It is only at the end of that period that when a, when a Pharaoh arose who had forgotten what Joseph had done and all those people had done, that he began to mistreat. But for 400 years, he had a good life in Egypt. So Egypt's not a bad place. Why did God keep them in Egypt? To grow from a small tribe into 3 million people in a huge nation under the protection of another empire. Think about Moses, left by his mother on the river Nile, found by the daughter of Pharaoh, adopted into Pharaoh's family, eating everyday KFC, McDonald's. I mean, what is this? Growing up in Pharaoh's home. But he was trained. He got a Harvard degree with full scholarship in Egypt. Sorry, this is a contemporary version. And it was all paid for, educated, trained. The Bible says he was a man mighty in word and deed. I mean, he was schooled. He knew the system because one day, God was going to use him to topple that very system. So God was getting him ready. In Egypt, not a bad place. And it was right there in the palace. Acts chapter 7 says that it came into Moses' heart. That God had raised him up in the palace for this purpose. Meaning that's where he discovered destiny in Egypt, in the palace. Not a bad place. Amen? So, some of you can identify with Egypt today. You find yourself in Egypt. You're saying, God, I mean, you told me I'm going to go there. But this seems like slightly different. I'm here in Egypt. I mean, this is not my destiny. This is not my dream being fulfilled. But it's okay. I want us to understand. That God orchestrates these waiting moments, these holding places for our lives. Amen? It is not a bad place to be, so don't despise your Egypt. Jesus was preserved in Egypt. Abraham and his family were preserved in Egypt. Joseph found, came into his destiny in Egypt. The Hebrews grew and multiplied, became the nation God wanted them to be in Egypt before they could step in to move into Canaan. Moses was nurtured in Egypt and understood his destiny in the palace. Amen? So sometimes God orchestrates these waiting moments for our lives. This Egyptian holds, holding places. Stay there, the angel said. Stay in Egypt until. Everybody say until. Got to be in Egypt until. Don't come out on your own. Cheap airfares. Book my ticket, fly off. Don't do that. Stay in Egypt until. Why? God's doing something. You may not understand why. I mean, like Joseph sitting in Egypt. God, what about those dreams? Abraham, God, it's fine here, but I thought you were sending me to some other lands. Stay in Egypt until, until, until. Because God is working something. You may understand it, most likely we don't understand it when we are in Egypt. In retrospect, looking back, we will understand. But while in Egypt, you don't understand. God, what's going on here? We're supposed to be a big nation in our own promised land, but you're keeping us here in Egypt. Don't worry. 
God's carrying out his purpose. Amen? So, transition moments. Everybody say transition moments. Transition moments must be guided by a word from God and the timing of God. Waiting moments being held in Egypt. Do not despise Egypt. Do not despise your waiting place, your holding place. Amen? Because God rests in the assurance that when you are in Egypt, although this doesn't kind of seem like it fits into your destiny, although it doesn't seem like this is where you're supposed to be, but I mean, you're supposed to be there, but you're here. Although it just there seems to be a total mismatch, out of place, don't despise Egypt. God is at work. Amen? The last thing we see there surrounding the events in the events surrounding the birth of Christ which I just want to uh, talk to us is about stepping up moments for this we will go to Luke chapter 1 we are very familiar with this Luke chapter 1 about the announcement to Mary about the birth of Jesus so you know the background that Mary a young lady a virgin has been engaged to a man Joseph and uh, We'll pick up in verse 28 of Luke chapter 1. It says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord's with you. Blessed are you among, among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary asks the most obvious question. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. We'll skip several verses, and Mary visits her cousin Elizabeth. And Let's read verse 38 first. It says that, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. We skip a few verses, go down to verse 45. Elizabeth pronounces this blessing. She says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now I want you to use your imagination with me this morning and just go back uh, uh, to Mary's time and just pretend you're observing this from her time, in her day. So here was this young Jewish girl. She must have been a very good, sincere girl growing up in a parent's home waiting for, you know, what would normally happen and at some point her parents would get her married and send her away. And then there's this whole, you know, proposals coming in. Shadi.com, all that stuff happening. Sorry, that's not Mary's time. It's our time. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, all these proposals come. Now, in the Jewish custom, what would happen was the boys' party and the girls' party, they'll all get together and meet and discuss things. And just like it happens nowadays in some cases, they would meet and discuss, and if they all agreed, then there was an engagement. But the engagement was a serious one. After the engagement, the guy would go back with his family, go back to his place where he came from, and make preparations. He'd get his home ready, the house ready, all those things. When he feels he's all ready, 
Then he would come back and pick up this lady that he was been engaged to. And then they will go back to his home. There they will officially be married. Now that's exactly what Jesus is doing with us. Remember? Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come again and receive you to myself. So that where I am, there you may be also. And when we get there, there will be the marriage of the Lamb. Right? So Jesus is doing exactly that thing. Right? So, this is what happened. Mary and Joseph are engaged. Joseph was back home busy. You know, he got a promotion, got a salary raise, doing up all the home. Can you imagine all this thing? You know, Joseph's kind of just, you know, wow, oh, man, in a couple of months, I'm going to go get this girl. Come, we're going to be married. Wonderful, everything. And suddenly, this angel comes. And Mary is all set. You know, wow, I saw this guy, man. He's, he is the man, you know. And, and everything. And she's all set. We're engaged, everything. And suddenly, God disrupts her plans. This angel comes and says, Mary, you are so blessed by God. He's going to do something very unusual in you. You're going to have a son. This is not an ordinary boy. This is a son of God being born on the earth. And Mary responds and says, you know, how can this be? I'm not even married. I don't understand this. And the angel says, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will come on you. God will take care of everything. The baby is going to be born. Basically, God is saying, Mary, you've got your plans. The normal course of life. But I'm interjecting your normal plans, your normal course, with a call to step up into what I have for you. So it was a stepping up moment for Mary. You know, just imagine, what were the options Mary had? I'll shoot the angel. <laughs> brought me this news. What is this? So, no, 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 no. God, you got the wrong address. I'm already engaged. Find somebody else. I mean, Mary, all kinds of thoughts were going to Mary. And then Mary, Mary, Mary must be thought, you know, look, look, if, if this is truly God, and, and if I do say yes, how can I explain this to Joseph? How can I explain it to Joseph? Joseph is going to look at me and say, You think I'm a fool? Now what's Joseph going to do? I mean, will he fall for this one? I mean. So all kinds of thoughts may have gone through Mary's mind. And yet what is her response? Her response is, Be it unto me according to thy word. God. If you want me to step up to this, I'll do it. I'll take it. About how to explain this to others. How to explain this change in course of life. How to explain this call into destiny to Joseph or his parents or my parents or the neighbors there, my relatives there. How to explain all this? I don't know. But I'm going to say yes to the call to step up. Into his destiny. And Elizabeth blesses her and says. Blessed are you who believed. For there will be a performance of those things. Which are spoken to you by the Lord. Since you believed the word. You'll be blessed. There'll be a performance. So I believe that. In the normal course of life. We have to do what we have to do. 
plan, do this, do that. And, you know, you make all these arrangements and you're doing what you normally do. But then God, from time to time, will interject our regular plans with His call to step up into something higher, greater, bigger than what we have imagined, seen or heard for ourselves. Amen? The question is, when God does interject your life with these moments, the stepping up moments, how will you respond? Will you choose your normal course of life or will you, like Mary, say, be it unto me according to your words? God, this wasn't in my plans. This wasn't in my program. It wasn't what I thought life would be all about. But since it is from you, I will say yes. Will you respond to the stepping up moments in a right way like Mary did? Will you say yes to the call of God, the destiny of God? Now Mary could have rejected. I mean, what if Mary had rejected it? She just remained another young Jewish girl, got married, had a family and gone on. I suppose God would have had to find somebody else. and I don't know. Whatever. God resolved it. It's no problem. Don't worry. But the point is Mary had the choice to either reject it or accept and embrace that stepping up moment in her life and just go forward with it. Even though she couldn't explain the call to destiny to those around her. Keep in mind that many times God's call to destiny is not easily explained to those around you. Can't explain. God's called. Got to do it. Amen. So in our journey with God, there will be transition moments, there will be waiting moments, and there will be stepping up moments. I don't know which one is easier. For some of us, transition is what we find the hardest. I was born in Bangalore. I grew up in Bangalore. I will live in Bangalore. I will die in Bangalore. And even if I have to be born again, I'll be born again. I mean, like some of us are so committed. God, don't you dare disrupt me. No transition at all. So for some of us, transitions in life could be the most difficult. But I want to encourage you. If God's speaking, go with it. God does orchestrate transitions in our lives. For some of us, waiting. Egypt is... Oh, it's close to hell. We can't wait. So Egypt is, is very difficult for some of us because we are always used to move, do, action. And then God says, stay in Egypt until. Oh, that's very difficult for some of us. But then don't despise your Egypt because God is working. Amen. He's working in those waiting moments. Don't despise it. And finally, for some of us, stepping up is very difficult. Because we like the status quo, don't disturb. Don't rock the boat. It's sailing smoothly, let it sail. Don't do anything. God, I'm happy. And God says, I want to interject your life. With a stepping up moment. I'm calling you to step into something bigger. Your eyes have not seen it. Your ears have not heard it. Your heart has never even thought about it. That's what I'm calling you to. Will you move in? 
a stepping up moment. And, and, and you and I must say, yes, Lord, I'll rise up to it. Amen? Let's take some time to pray before we close this morning. I do not know which one of these three moments you would identify yourself in this morning. But if you do relate to any one of them, I just want to encourage you to take some time to pray. Pray about where you are. Are you in a transition moment in life? Moving from one stage into another, one point into another. Every transition moment must be guided by the word of the Lord and by the timing of God's. Or do you find yourself in a holding pattern? God, I've been in this place for a long time. It's a total mismatch to what I believe my destiny is. Doesn't seem like I'm going anywhere. It's called Egypt. But don't despise your Egypt because God is doing something. He's working behind the scenes. He's working in the depths of your being. He's getting you ready for your destiny. One day, the word of the Lord will come and say, It's time to move out of Egypt. He'll set things up. He will make, it, make a way for you to come out of Egypt. But while you're there, don't despise Egypt. Or maybe for some of us, we are in a stepping up moment. And God is saying, okay, you had it nice and easy. You've got your plans going. You've got all of this going. All that's fine. But I'm going to interject the normal course of life with a call into something higher, bigger, greater. The call to destiny. And you're wondering, saying, how can I explain this to people? I mean, what will so-and-so think? And what will they say and and how is it all going to happen and it's not normal it's not you, you cannot figure it out it's okay a call to destiny cannot always be explained to people the question is how will you respond that's all God's interested in Mary said be it unto me according to your words would you respond in a similar way when God calls you to something bigger, greater, far more than what you thought or imagined? Would you say yes to it? Sure, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Sure, it's going to embarrass you. Sure, you can't explain it to everybody. But God will handle all those things. He just wants your yes. Just go ahead and take time to pray right now. If God is speaking to your heart... And Maybe he's clarifying things for you right now and saying, okay, you're beginning to understand what's going on in your life. So go ahead and talk to him about it and say, okay, God, I understand now. I'm saying a yes and an amen to what you're doing in my life. I will not fight it and go against it, but I will go with what you are doing and saying to me. Step by step, he leads us and just asks us for our yes and amen to his directions, his leading. Would you take this time right now, this morning, to say, Yes, God, I will follow your direction? I don't understand it, but you've spoken. 
I'm following. Before we close this morning, I just want to take a moment to pray with every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's anyone here and you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, if you don't know what it means to be born again, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you your sins and make you a child of God and make you a new person, if you've never done that in your life, I want to give you this opportunity to pray with me right now and ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. Ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you your sins and to make you a child of the living God. What's important is not being a member of a church. What's important is not having a Christian name. What's important is to have Jesus living inside you, in you, in your heart. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. If anyone hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in. And he will dwell with you and journey with you. If you've never ever done that, I just want you to pray with me. You may, not you may not understand everything about this, but just take a step of faith. Pray with me right now. Would you pray and say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, the Lord Jesus has come into your heart. He's made you a new person. This is the beginning of your journey with Him. I encourage you to read your Bible, get into a good church, and grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. Lift up His countenance on you. And give you His peace. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. God bless you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.